It's what Equity Podcasting Streaming Show. <laughs> hey, hey, it's May. We're in a rush. Oh, we're in a rush? Okay. Not really. Well, we got to let everybody know we're the number one comedy business podcast in the world. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Flair. And uh, listen to us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Anywhere podcasts are found, we're probably there. Our OnlyFans page got shut down for some reason. <laughs> but I tried to get us on there. Too far. Well, look, we just meet people. We we meet. We're, we go fishing where the fish are. What are you talking about? <laughs> that edible, what is happening? That edible you took already that kicked edible in. 30 seconds ago. Ooh, but if and I you're talking it. like, oh, what? And by edible, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about candy. Um, or my nicotine gum. You want to be our BFFs? Don't eat that. Don't follow it. Subscribe to the pod. Uh, rate us five star. Write a, a little review. And share this show with a family, friend, loved one, coworker, stranger. Dog. Dog. Goldfish. We're, we're, you know what? We're the number one dog uh, listenership oh, business yeah. podcast. Uh, just came out. Apple iTunes. Not a big deal. Uh, if you want a website, get your, 30, get your free trial. Uh, with the link in our description helps out the show helps you out and you should have a website let's get it going howdy dotty it's called sweat equity Listening to the Sweat Equity Podcast. Uh, we're we're running. That's how we roll. We we keep everybody efficient. Well, I mean, I didn't this. even get started yet. Oh shit! What is Chug it? it. <laughs> what are you drinking? I didn't even get started yet. And I after listening to some of your podcasts, this is Lefoyk. <laughs> after listening to some of your podcasts and watching some of your videos, I figured I couldn't go for a classy glass, so I got a special like moonshine style nice. glass. Just for this show. Oh man! See, so. uh, that's that's the marketing prowess. You're you're pushing the brand message of yourself. I like it. Um, why don't your audience? <laughs> why don't you let everybody know uh, where to find you? What's the best? What, you know, any plugs? Who you are? Who are you? <laughs> we let the guests do it because uh, it's better than me stumbling through it. Even though I yeah. I, I I do know you. Well, yeah, I'd like to start out by saying when I was young, I was born. And then, um, no, my name is Brett Sklar, uh, rhymes with scar. So uh, people who know me are sklarred for life. Good way to remember it. Um, I run an organization, an amazing uh, group of people called Grow Powerful. We've assembled the greatest marketing and growth minds, and we deliver them to customers as fractional or interim or ICMOs. That's it. Yeah. We help companies grow. And I'm on the roster. Hopefully Eric uh, might be in the mix as well. Um, yeah. As you're adding more, uh, <laughs> more uh, like it's an interest. What actually, I want to make sure we get this out of the way. Can you explain what a fractional CMO is What the interim CMO? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, basically, let me let me explain it this way. It sucks to be <laughs> a chief marketing officer or a head of marketing in a company. 
you're crapped on all the time. If it's B2B, the salespeople are always trying to run that bus over you as many times as possible until your head squashes like vampire shows. So, and, and wait, there's more. A fractional chief marketing officer, or sorry, actually a chief marketing officer has an average lifespan. And I know more about the B2B world than I know about the consumer world. But the average lifespan of a chief marketing officer is about 18 months. So it's kind of a temp job anyway, think about it. So what we do is we've brought some of the most greatest, most amazing marketing minds like law together under an organization or a collective, and we temp them out. Uh, We deliver them to clients on a one-day, two-day, three-day-a-week basis as fractional or part-time or even interim chief marketing officers, and everybody wins. CMOs, we are a uh, society of ADD individuals, right? We always like bright, shiny, cool, new things. And working for one company, peddling one product is kind of, um, well, it's, I, boring. I, was one of your pod- it well, I was listening to one of your podcasts the other day and you got into the big love territory, you know, where it's like, you know, polygamy and multiple wives and somebody is doing a hundred customers and you're like, It'd be like having 100 wives. And we as marketers, we are not marketing monogamistic. We like to do multiple things. And so I have an organization that goes out and finds gigs. And our fractional CMOs, or what we call ICMOs, uh, will usually have anywhere between one, two, or three gigs at any given time. Uh, And it gives a lot of variety. It gives a lot of spice. It gives a lot of fresh ideas. And then people can cross-pollinate that across multiple clients of an idea that works here and you can take it there, et cetera, et cetera. The companies that we work with win because they're able to get, you know, I hate when people say, oh, get a fractional CMO because it's cheaper. Well, that's wrong. Here's why. And what we deliver are fractional CMOs who have been battle-tested, proven, have done it over and over again as a chief marketing officer, have been in board of directors meeting, having to explain or getting the opportunity to explain what marketing is all about. So we're able to deliver supercharged marketing leadership to companies who may not be able to get that because they're smaller. And that's what we deliver. Yeah. um, Well, we don't call the clients Johns. That. Uh, as you pimp us out, just going <laughs> doing that callback that I've been sitting on. <laughs> you're, you're sitting on that one. I'm trying to, not to interrupt back, our guests as much. <laughs> I know. I wanted to interrupt when you were talking about the, the average lifespan. I thought you were going to tell us when we were going to die. Yeah. And I was like, what is it, 55, 56? We're all going to die. Turns we're out it's die. 18 months. Well, We've way outlived it. I went in-house a couple of years ago, and it was one of those things where, okay, let's – Let's get some stability, and we just get fired four straight times in a row. And you're right. like, all, all a year or less. And it was like, they're all different reasons. And um, I, you know, I don't want to go. If you say it's not my fault, kind of thing, <laughs> then you sound like you're the problem. Right. But <laughs> it was clear. It was like one we were both at. We're, you know, yeah. CEO got fired and we we're like, well, that yep, that's much bad news. We're, we're, we're gone. But uh, another one never used me correctly. 
at all. Mm. Uh, yep. Yep. You know, there's there's a myriad of reasons, but it's one of those things. Someone reminded me when I was feeling shitty about it. They're like, it's like radio. If you're a radio, old school radio host, yeah. the more you got fired, the more you went up. And marketing <laughs> is kind of the same thing. Like build your rep. You know, Jimmy yeah. Kimmel got fired from a, a Tampa radio station here where we're at, and uh, you know, yeah, I think he's doing all right. It's okay. <laughs> you know, yep. and, and, and so. Speak to anybody listening that is interested in, uh, you know, hitting you up as a fractional CMO, what it's about. Um, I, I can tell you Brett does a good job of being very transparent. Um, here's the pipeline. Here's how many every week. Here's and consistent. You know, yeah. you talk about ADD with marketers, but here's the one thing. I think you can hone your ADD, number one. We do like yeah. spinning plates. But number two – you got to hone other people's ADD because you're coming into a situation. It's always the rebound boyfriend situation. You're coming into a mess, <laughs> right? Yeah, you're, yeah. You're coming into a home that has good broken bones. home. Yeah, but yeah, it, you know, beat down. There's a hole in the trust drywall. Issues. There's rat problems. <laughs> no, and there's an abusive partner. And the reality is, is that it's you know, it's not you that's the problem. It's the partner that's the problem. And the partner of yours keeps saying, um, well, you know, that's not the way my ex-girlfriend did it. Or that's not the way my ex-boyfriend did it. And you go, well, that's why your ex-girlfriend, ex-boyfriend isn't there anymore. Or, you know, marketing. Yeah. But, um, you know, but, but people tend to repeat the same behaviors. We had, um, I want to go back to a couple of things, Law, that you said. Um, one of them is, um, you know, back to the idea of going in-house full-time as a chief marketing officer. I, I had an agency, a B2B technology marketing agency, which I grew for 13 years, sold it in uh, end of 2018, early 2019. And it, was a, it was a fun experience. It was a fun process. We had about 25 employees. Uh, we had about 230 different clients. And it was a great ride. Um, after that, I decided, you know, I don't want to have the responsibility of payroll, of finding the business, of doing all these things. So I decided to go in-house for a health tech company as a chief marketing officer. And that lasted maybe about nine months. It was a good three months. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a little weird for a couple of months, and that was a really bad couple of months. Now, I, there, there was a lot of drama in that company, and there was a lot of issues, and the company's no longer around. But I was the problem because I didn't, admit to myself that I actually make a really shitty employee. <laughs> I'm a way better fractional person who gets to be an advisor. Who's the consigliere of the CEO about all things markets. <laughs> and, um, and, and that's my jam. That's where I live. And the more people that I bring into grow, we've got about 30, you know, amazing people like law now. Um, you know, the more we hear that over and over again is that, that it feels as, as a fractional CMO or an interim CMO or this sort of, you know, outsider helping in, they get a lot more respect and a lot more trust, and a lot more authority than them being an actual full-time CMO, which I hear myself say that. And I say to myself, that sounds super fucked up, but it is what it is. No, it, it, it's not, you know, it, been doing it just a little bit now. It, it's nice. Um, you know, compared to the rest of the roster you have, uh, I'm, I'm, I think I'm probably one of the younger, if not the youngest in the roster, but um, I carry a wealth of experience. Uh, no. Uh, and your hair. And my hair, yeah. 
and I show up on our, our uh, happy hours uh, pretty sweaty or doing something in the car. But um, but the knowledge sharing part that you've made out of the community is great. I think that's that's number one uh, as far as wanting to be in the grow uh, kind of family. Um, I think to, more to your point on that is let's not look at it as like a shiny new object kind of personality. I think it's better to have a couple clients going on at a time for strategy. Cause I think you can, you can go, Oh, we're doing this over here. And okay, let me take some of that from over there, what we're doing. And I'm going to apply it over here. Um, and I think like, that's the advantage of having a, a fractional CMO or someone that's a consultant or advisor. That's not a full-time employee coming in to look at everything because they're pulling strategies Oh, I was doing this with this client, you know, from hundreds of clients. Mm. Um, yeah. And automation is going to be a bigger part of that too, where you got to be on top of that because mar- marketing is operations now. It's not, it's it, it, the job is way more if this than that based now. And um, if you're not kind of on the ball with what's going on with the latest, like trying to use chat GPT a little bit late in the game. And then it sounds like a foreign exchange student is writing your copy. You know, it's, it's, yep. it's technically there, but it doesn't really work. I don't understand. Why would if when, when you enter to chat GPT, why would it be stupider? It just doesn't, it, it's not like, if you're like, I needed, you can prompt it all day. I'm sure you can oh, figure you're it saying out. To but, have time to like train it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to prompt it correctly. You have to learn how to use it. It's not. It's not as we we talked about. Database, yeah. yeah, the database guys would say garbage in, garbage out, right? Yeah. Uh, so you have to. It's you have to teach, and in ChatGPT and there's others as well. You have to teach it what your language is, so it starts to predict your language and your style. Are you more authoritative? Are you more helpful? Are you more, you know, asking questions? Um, you know, that kind of thing. But also you have to be trained, like go look at like, there's, there's hundreds of thousands of probably hundreds of thousands of YouTube videos now that say, here's how to write your chat GPT prompt. Right. Uh, so they, they explain how to write a chat GPT prompt. So you're getting trained and the system is getting trained all at the same time. Yeah. I, Eric just dropped an infographic with a cheat sheet on it. Uh, before we got on here a couple hours Surprisingly ago. Surprisingly complex. It's a lot. It, a look, lot going on on that thing. It's like learning a TI-83. Like, yeah, you could do some simple stuff on there, but um, if you want to do cosine, tangent, I love tangents. Um, <laughs> we for, we failed to ask you a question. We ask everybody that they come on the first time. Uh, you're, what do you mean we? You could have jumped in. You're, yeah, you have a you bike. Know, I figure uh, you're not a no. You're not sure. No, question. I get it. I get it. I'm so loving to boner that I make people lose track of whatever they got going on. But yes, we can backtrack. No, we were getting into it. Um, it doesn't matter when, when we ask this. Uh, what advice would you give your 13 year old self? Oh man, that's a great question. I I, I love that. And uh, my son, who's 18, we've gone through this conversation quite a bit. Um, and, you know, there's a saying, here's what I would say. And it's based on the saying, do what you love and you'll never work another day in your life. Right? And I forgot who said that, but it's, it's great wisdom. I would, I, would, I would change that. And what I would tell my 13-year-old self is this. Do what you love, not what you're expected to do. And that's what I've told my son. 
I grew up, there were expectations. I go through certain levels of school. I get a certain job. I get married. I have kids, yada, yada, yada. And some of those things I, I really am glad I did. And other parts of that, I really wish I had had somebody come to me and say, follow your passion. Don't do what people expect you to do. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things. I was talking to someone this morning about raising kids and it was like, why don't you have them in T-ball? Why don't you have your son in T-ball yet? And I'm like, He's he not, hasn't brought it up. I, I, I'm pushing him towards things he has an interest in. Like now, meaning like I'm not trying to put a square peg, square peg, circle round peg, hole, yeah. yeah, whatever. You can make either one. It could be a round. <laughs> I'm peg no Confucius. Square hole. Who said that? Flip flop them if you like. <laughs> Confucius might be credited for uh, choose a job you love. You know, never work a day in your life. Really? Yep. But Ray Bradbury might also have it. This is why yeah. Chad GPT needs to exist to drill down on these things. Because SEO is just garbage as well. <laughs> Sounds yeah, like Confucius yeah. to me. Um, well, and so here lies another problem with marketing and, and Chat GPT and search. This is why Google is losing the game so quickly. You go to Google and you do a search. The first four things are sponsored, 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 sponsored. And my number one mission on Google in the last year is go beyond the sponsored. Then there's like two answers that are not sponsored and this sponsor, sponsor, sponsored. So now you got Bing coming into the game using chat GPT behind it and they're rewiring it. And instead of going Google style, which is everything is an ad, unless it's, you know, this tiny little slit that's not, um, you know, get a conversation. And, and I think Bing has a chance to win the, uh, you know, there's been a long forgotten uh, tool is now coming back because it's got chat GPT as its search engine. Yeah, for the uninitiated. Speaking of tangents. No, for the uninitiated. of authors. You're, no, <laughs> you're allowed to go on tangents. Uh, for the uninitiated, you know, Chat GPT is owned by OpenAI, which got a billion dollars investment from Microsoft. Ten. Ten, ten bill. Excuse me. Ten, ten. bill. Um, yeah, that's a billion with an N. Wouldn't that be crazy, man? Google go down. Well, that'd be, you know. It, I it hope seems it, insurmountable. I've talked about it in a conspiracy theory way, but not so much like when 96% of organic search is through Google and YouTube. And yep. they're kind of, di- they're definitely doing it on YouTube, kind of cracking down on what they think. It's really advertising. Everybody thinks they're just woke, but they might be, but it, they just want to appeal to advertisers. That's why they demonetize oh, sure. yeah. a lot of things. But it's so funny. I listen to all these comics podcasts and they're all like, get demonetized because I'm not woke. And it's like, no, no, no. They, they want ad money. <laughs> right. They're, they're people, not doing anything at you. They just are not paying attention to you because you're not doing what they want you to do. It's a balance. They it's want the ad based. money, but they don't want to alienate sponsors. And so there is a careful balance there. Yeah, but, I mean, it's got to make revenue. And it, yep. uh, uh, people go, well, what is this, like TV? And you're like, yeah, it's a little bit lenient, more lenient than TV, network TV was. But same yeah. things. The reason they didn't cuss wasn't an FCC because we, we wanted to as a nation. It was a thing because advertisers, more than anything, then the FCC rule came in. Anyway. Yep. Uh, oh, and the other part with chat GPT, I always have to remind people, it only goes to 2021 on, oh, the, yeah. on the info. I think that's the free version. The paid version has actually gone up to... Uh, we talked to the poorers out there. Oh, <laughs> oh. yeah. Cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah, if you yeah. do the I want to hear about the paid version though. 
Yeah, tell what, what does it do? <laughs> I mean, the only thing that I've seen it do is that number one, you don't have a limit to what you can, you know, how many searches you can do or how many um, you know, prompts you can do. And number two is you don't have to wait for it to be available, uh, which for a while it was kind of impossible to get in when other people were in. So the paid version just gives you access to, I think, those two things. And I'm not really sure what else. Oh, well, man. What if it was something crazy like it's the real the real one? <laughs> well, yesterday. You pay for the real one. <laughs> yesterday, we're all on, kinds of secret shit. Yesterday, we were on one of those uh, huddles with uh, everybody on the rosters. Good showing uh, on a Monday afternoon. Yeah. And um, we were talking about how do you talk to CEOs. I found this really interesting. And I think I was in a lift in my uh, – one. <laughs> I was telling Eric – I go, I'll hop in these huddles. I'll say one thing and then it's an aggregate of everything I've been thinking and then bounce. Um, but it's one of those things where we're talking about how do you talk to CEOs? It was really the crux of it. And then it kind of peeled off into a lot of different uh, uh, exits. But, uh, you know, one thing, <laughs> I guess, did we come to a conclusion? I mean, it's one of those things. I think it's style. I think it's you more. You write them a little note. I think it's more psychology. Um, yeah, I, I, I believe most CEOs don't really have a love for marketing. And if they did, you wouldn't probably be sitting there on top. So you're yeah. kind of in a self-selecting marketing haters. That's kind of why you get hired. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. and I always, I, I always go psychology. I go, I looked around and seen like golf shit on the wall behind them and then like explain display ads. They're like sand traps. You know, you get that. And he was like, oh, okay, now I get advertising. And you're like, you're a genius. <laughs> it, I mean, I'm no Kaiser Sose, but uh, <laughs> that's kind of what I was applying. Uh, well, Kaiser Sose? Yeah, I was definitely paying attention. <laughs> Go ahead. What were you saying? Well, as you know, um, it, it's interesting. I was actually on a call the other day with a client, and there, it, it's a healthcare technology, you know, company again. That and internet security sort of is my, my, uh, my areas of expertise in marketing. And I was talking to the whole company, and we were talking about this new campaign we were getting ready to roll out. And one of the chief medical officers, the other CMO, mm-hmm. um, you know, was wrote up this really detailed thing. And I said, you know, that's great, but we need to dumb it down to where a CEO can understand it. And the CEO who was on the call of the company, he's like, wait, whoa, you know, chill out. Chill what out. do you said, mean? No, 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 listen. listen, yeah, exactly. He was like taking offense. He was like, you know, all butthurt or whatever. And, and I said, look, you know, you have 40 things going on. Marketing is one of 20 things. And this campaign is one of 40, 50, 60 things. So if we're not short, sweet, to the point and simple, we're losing you. And he's like, yeah, I guess I get that. I was like, okay, well, that's <laughs> I am like, important. Yeah, you got a backhand yeah. compliment. Yeah. You're like, uh, <laughs> instead of saying you're oh, right, yeah. yeah, but I am a real CEO. <laughs> yeah, but do have a lot going on. Like, <laughs> you know, he got it after he got so offended by my comment, and I think other people got it. But you know, it's the idea that it's not that you have to dumb it down to CEO level, but you have to make it very simple, very bite sized uh, for a CEO to get it, and that's something that we as marketers tend to fail at, which is speaking about marketing in the CEO language, not in marketing language. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, and, 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 and then, 
And then what happens is as marketers, we start to think in terms of financial ROI, what's the total cost of ownership, you know, what's the X, you know, what's the multiples on the spend that we're going to get. And that's good, but that's talking CFO. Talking CEO and talking investors is what's our growth trajectory going to look like? What is our total customer, you know, a total you know, customer lifetime value going to look like? These are things that the CEO focuses on. Uh, these are terms. And so we need to start, instead of saying ICP, which we as marketers know stands for ICP. Insane Clown Posse. Yeah. I said <laughs> what is that? Insane what? Insane Clown Posse. <laughs> Think like, yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, your ICP. We were racing what? to get it out. No, I saw you about um, to say it. I had to say it at the same time. <laughs> I was going to wait, but <laughs> go ahead. But, you know, so like nobody, like, like first of all, like, you know, one of the things that Elon Musk did when he got to Tesla or SpaceX, one of those, he said, you know, you know, fuck the three-letter acronyms, right? We need to stop with that. Mm -hmm. And so when we start talking about customers, prospects, and we talk almost in a, in a sales language slant, CEOs tend to get that. Now, there's four kinds of CEOs that are out there. Um, and one of them is a marketing oriented CEO, but that's probably about 2% of the CEOs that are out there. Mm. They are rare, but they're fucking awesome. Um, but the rest are product driven or technology driven CEOs, right? So in the technology world, it's that founder slash CEO that grows a company to a couple hundred employees. You've also got the sales-driven CEO that really knows how to, you know, win business, whether the product is good or the service is good or it just sucks, you know, uh, grandma's balls. And then you've got, you know, the third type, which is the operations-oriented CEO that's really about the metrics and more CFO operating. And so one of the things that I'm putting together and working on to share with, you know, the, the collective, with the team um, you know, that Law is talking about, that is, is, you know, how do we identify the type of CEO and then how do we create a language that that CEO understands based on where they came from? Because we all want the CEO that's marketing, but like I said, it's only 2% of CEOs rise up through the marketing ranks. And how do you do it without them finding out you're doing it? <laughs> yeah. like crystal chrome extension yeah. for like linkedin kind of like facial yeah, scanner you know, real yeah quick. exactly Ooh. crystal nose crystal nose um you know it's yeah exactly like how do you get it to work like you did with a kid that's like you know six years old or less that you can jujitsu them pretty easily versus when the kid gets older uh, it's a good question it's not about what you're trying to do to them it's about relating to them and connecting to them and and understanding their love language okay. right what is their language what is the way they think the way that they speak um because we as marketers um aren't great at you know we we, we know how to do the the profile the, the personas or the the you know, insane clown posses we also know how to you know write things up that are going to really make an impact and and create campaigns and build demand gen programs but we're not except for a, a small few of us, very good at getting by and explaining it to a CEO in their language. And then also, in a lot of cases, taking it to the board level and, and talking to it to the board of directors, which is a whole different language. There, you're talking to a kindergartner. You know, you're talking to someone that needs, you know, less than five words per sentence, not because they're dumb. They're usually incredibly smart. 
but their focus on the company is minuscule versus their focus on all these other things. What, um, what do you do when the CEO's uh, a, a bit P-whipped and getting ideas from uh, the misses? Ah, uh, God, I, 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 cause this, I this happens more than you would imagine. Um, yeah. Do you have a story that you, I, I well, so I'll, I have kind of a overall amalgam kind of story, you know, They'll come to you and tell you, hey, we need to have a presence on Facebook or something. And you're like, okay. And in my head, I go, okay, you think that because I know you don't have an account because I'll look up the CEOs. I want to see what they're about if I'm working for them. Creep. You got, you got to, it's just like you were talking about. You got to know how to communicate. You know, if, if they love Yeti coolers, we're going to talk Yeti coolers. Talk to them like a Yeti. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, you know, um, finding that common ground, just do a little stalking after I do the Bumble girl stalking, you know, uh, <laughs> my matches on there. Um, so, I mean, that's so that, that's social selling, right? I mean, that's, you know, uh, my, but you know, the, my wife tells, the, my the, wife told, the whole thing is like, they're telling you about Facebook. You need to have a presence there. And you're like, that's not, you're a B2B product. I don't think this is a good platform and it skews older although it does secretly have a lot of younger people on there because it's the pass through for instagram but you don't go on there as a ceo you're not going on there so who's telling you this because it ain't gonna be your kids because facebook to kids right now is like hooking up with an, a right, fugly like retirement chick. home of social yeah. media no it's a it's it's like hooking up with an uggo everybody's done it but no one's gonna <laughs> brag about it no one's gonna talk about it so kids are not like yeah, my Facebook is all, you know, check this out. They brag about TikTok and Instagram. So it's usually the wife feeding this idea that we need to do this without any kind of research or thinking at all. But they use it. That's, they're the end user of it for, for other things. Yeah, and I, I, I get that a lot. And, and you know, uh, maybe not in the, in, in the exact way that we're talking about it here, but what I get is this, I, you know, Give an example, you know, working with a client and building a, a sales presentation. And they're going from a very factual, you know, uh, features-based presentation to try to turn it into a story, right? Storytelling presentation to really get people engaged. And been working with the CEO, been working with the CRO, the chief revenue officer. I've been working with uh, a couple other people, some sales people, really working and honing it and getting, you know, great buy-in. And then a couple of days later, we're getting ready to send it off to the designers and the CEO goes, you know, I presented it to my wife. The other night. <laughs> oh, God. And, I'm sure it, it did it with the gusto. That right. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and, you know, and by the way, my wife is a very smart person. And here's <laughs> she's Sorry. Qualified. And, um, you know. The story's and, not about her. It's not so it's her. Like, Okay. It's an enterprise sales company, and therefore, like, is your wife involved in enterprise sales? No, you know she's, uh, but she she really knows how to run the house really well. You know, so it's like you know it's kind of things where it's other parties are involved, and I think it's not just about like a spouse, you know, a wife or a husband of a CEO that has this great idea. I think it's uh, trust. Left field. Um, I think that's one of the things we have to build that. Um, you know, you said trust. And I think it's a circle of trust. And I've learned over the years that what I have to do is establish who's inside the circle 
and who's outside the circle of trust, Parker, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and if we agree on who's inside the circle of trust, then anybody outside the circle of trusts, their opinion, although interesting, is irrelevant. Right. Yeah. And I am, and, right. and I try to use that line as often as possible when people are outside the circle of trust. And, you know, sometimes it's offensive and, and that's okay. I don't mind being offensive. And sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, you know what? You're right. That is not somebody that we agreed as a part of this, you know, plan, this story building, this strategy, you know, all of this stuff. It's real offensive when you get the chalk out and you draw the circle around you and then you exclude certain people. That's really <laughs> that's aggressive, unnecessary, I think. But that's me. We would call that aggressive, passive aggressive. Right. Aggressive aggressive. <laughs> um, you know, when, when they come to you with a, a bad idea, like just a horrendous garbage dumpster fire, uh, like a seafood restaurant dumpster fire, mm-hmm. like it's real stinky. Um, how do you handle that? Because this, you have to kind of turn into your own PR person in a way. Yeah. You got to spin this in like, okay. okay. I, so I, I stopped trying to like placate and just get closer to being honest. I don't right, think that's going to work. The spectrum. That's fine. I mean, you're going to get there anyway. I don't want to waste anybody's time. That's how I go about it. Yeah. And I'll tell them that. But I'll be like, I don't think this is a good idea. And that's kind of why you yeah. pay me. Because yeah. otherwise, you would just do you carry out a lot right, of this then stuff. Right, you do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, sometimes people want to come, you know, and you have to, you have to be, you have to stroke pe- people's egos, especially if they're the ones writing the checks uh, to pay for you. And they say they want you to be direct and be honest with them. But what they really want you to do is, you know, um, stroke their hair and tell them how pretty they are. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I've learned that one of the things to do when there's a harebrained, I call it the random acts of marketing. Yeah, yeah, you got the flow. I want Eric nice. to play with my hair. Yeah, what? I try, I'm trying so that people can actually never touch my hair, my hair and tell me like... how wonderful I am. Um, and so, you know, there, there is a, a art and a science to stroking people's egos and turning them away to bad ideas. And it's, you have to know, you know, I, I do feel like half the time I'm in a Sopranos episode, okay? And I'm the consigliere and my customer is Tony. You could get but whacked at any sometimes, time. Uh, yeah, I was, or yeah, your cousin Greg on Succession. Absolutely. You cousin know? Greg, yeah, cousin Greg. Because I've been Last that. Week's everybody's like, been that guy. Everybody's been. Yeah, everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh. I, <laughs> Last week, I love it. He was brought in, and, and he's like, he's the guy that had like let like a hundred people go on. Zoom. Yeah, yeah. And then later, he's telling the Swedes, he's like, you know, people think I'm good at it because I pretend like I care, but I don't really care. <laughs> You're a backstabber. And he's like, well, no, not for you. I wouldn't be. <laughs> so I, I would say maybe less cousin Greg because cousin Greg does not exude authority, but more like, um, you know, uh, pussy or some of the guys in the Sopranos where I always feel like I'm in a bit of a Sopranos episode and you've got Tony that always has a great idea. You got Carmela, right? It's either bringing in some ideas or bringing in some rage, you know, and, and either one could be a very powerful tool to train Tony, the CEO, but then you've also got your allies and sometimes your allies, your enemies, and sometimes your enemies, your allies within the same family. And so when I hear an idea, I don't deflect it. I don't turn it away. I say, that's interesting. 
I wonder if we should go talk to so-and-so who would probably say that's a dumb fucking idea. <laughs> and usually this is where a chief revenue officer can come into play or a VP of marketing or sorry, VP of sales that could be your ally or a CFO or whoever the technology leader is. Um, but, and then, and then there's some jujitsu behind it, which is how do you frame the question of getting people's opinion? And so therefore you don't look like the asshole. You look like the fact finder. Yeah. Do like a special sign. Be like, just, you know, if I stroke my nose, it's a no. I do not like it. Am I, am I running home? What is it? Um, home with your nose. Go Brett, with your nose. we'll have to have you back on. We try to keep these uh, to about 33 minutes because we heard that's the optimal business podcast time. Uh, Interesting. But we'll have you back on because uh, I know we chop it up on those uh, huddles and, and fractional CMO happy hours that hopefully you'll be a part of, even though you don't drink anymore. So. Uh, oh. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'll I'll put this away. And please drink <laughs> drink one for him. Drink that whole bottle for him. Oh no, he'll be a degenerate, just not with booze. Um, <laughs> but uh, in those it's a choice, <laughs> court mandated or anything. Wow, you did have that car with the DUI blow in it for a while to turn it off. Awesome <laughs> <Okay>. prank. <laughs> um, it's highly know. recommended by the judge. You can. You can edit this last part out, but uh, we'll have Keep you back. It. We'll have you back on um, at some point, and uh, I'll see you when I see you. Sounds good. All right, thank you, gentlemen.